Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. My name's Gavin Berry and once again I'm delighted to say I'm joined by the Daily Records Andy Newport and Sunday Mail Chief Football Writer Scott McDermott who will pick over the bones of the opening day Scottish Premiership defeat to Kilmarnock 1-0. Michael Beale's men went down the first time Rangers have lost an opening top flight fixture in a quarter of a century uh, as the new guys got a harsh introduction to Scottish football. They'll be looking to bounce back against Servette in the first leg of the Champions League third round qualifier. And I'm delighted to say this week that we're also joined by a very special guest, Daniel, I hope I'm going to pronounce this correctly, Daniel, Daniel Vicentini. Is that right, Daniel? Yeah, that's right. And Daniel, you've covered Servette for around 30 years for the Tribune de Genève. Is that correct? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's a long time. I'm an old man. Yeah. And you haven't seen him play in the Champions League group stage, am I correct in saying that? What? Uh, you haven't watched them play in the Champions League group stage, have you? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, against Genk, you mean? No, no, I'm saying have you watched Servette in the Champions League group stage before? No, it never happens. No. Will it happen this year? Maybe. Uh, that's the big hope for Servet and all the people in Geneva, of course. Yeah. I mean, we watched, uh, or we were following the game against Genk, down to 10 men, real spirit character, um, to get the draw, to take it to penalties and then win on penalty kicks. How much has that done for the confidence of the team go- going into this game? Yeah, a lot because uh, uh, we knew that 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 team was strong in, mentally. I mean, uh, and uh, and uh, all the players uh, uh, shown that on the field in Genk uh, because after three minutes, Crivelli was sent off with a red card, and uh, maybe it create uh, a, a specific way to uh, to make a, a very compact team. Uh, and the the success was to two times uh, when Genk scored uh, the first goal and then the second goal. Sabat, even uh, uh, at 10 against 11, uh, uh, succeed to uh, to come back in the game. And that shows that uh, Sabat is very strong mentally. Yeah. And when you talk to the, the manager and the players and the interviews since Saturday, are they aware of the result, the Rangers result, losing to Kilmarnock and, and how much of a bad result it was for Rangers? For sure, they they know that they are the the Rangers lost against uh, Kilmarnock, but uh, uh, there's not a, it's not a point of view for the trainer or for the or for the um, the players because uh, they are sure uh, every every everybody is aware that Rangers is a is a big step, uh, maybe more uh, more high uh, uh, than uh, than Gank. Uh, so um, uh, even if uh, Rangers didn't start well the, this season against Kilmarnock. Uh, everybody is very uh, 
very aware that it will be uh, so hard for Servet uh, on uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, I'll let Andy and Scott come in, but just before uh, they ask you a question, you were we were speaking this morning off camera just about the injury and the personnel situation. We counted seven players that they are missing, seven players, six through injury and Crivelly suspended. Can you just tell us the list of players and, and how much of an impact that will have on the team? Uh, the first one is uh, that Sabat will play uh, without their captain. I mean, Jeremy Frick, the goalkeeper, is very important in the group uh, and uh, he will miss because he was injured against Genk. Um, Sabat find a good solution uh, because of the injuries of uh, Stevanovic, one of the main players of the, of the team. Um, and uh, was finding a good solution with Antunes, but Antunes uh, was still injured against Genk. Uh, so it's two big losses for Servet. Uh, and of course, uh, behind on the on the right back, uh, uh, they, uh, we have discovered this season uh, Tsunemoto, a Japanese player coming from Kashima Antlers. Uh, and uh, he was starting well with Servet, but uh, uh, two weeks ago, he, he, he injured also himself. And the backup of uh, Tsunemoto, Manian, Theo Manian, a young player uh, from the club, uh, is also injured. So they have to play uh, on the right back, on the right back with a, a central defender, and it will be uh, Nicolas Vouillot. Um, it means that Servet uh, uh, has to uh, has to make uh, with all that problems, uh, and uh, and and that that's why it's uh, really difficult, especially without Crivelli uh, forwards, because. Uh, uh, the strikers is uh, uh, got the uh, red cards again. Gang. So uh, there are many, many problems to uh, to fix for uh, for the trainer Rene Vaila. Okay, Daniel. When I when I read about Servette and when I watched the, the highlights of the Genk game, it is clear that they have so much spirit. You no, know, they work so hard. They have so much resilience. Do you think that is this team's best quality? And where does it come from? Does it come from the coach? Is it the players? Or is it even history from where from where this yeah. club has been to where they are now? That confidence comes from uh, from uh, last season uh, and last seasons, uh, I can say, because uh, uh, Servet uh, is back in the in the Super League. I mean, the first division uh, since four years, uh, and uh, they they works very well. And uh, the the group, I mean, uh, all the players together uh, uh, got the habit to play together. They changed a little bit the way to play with the new trainer because uh, they reached the second place of the championship last uh, season uh, and they changed uh, the trainer uh, in spite of that uh, success. Uh, and the new trainer, René Weiler, um, wants to play more vertical with a lot of verticality. Uh, I mean, uh, going... Uh, 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 very quick forwards uh, to uh, to touch the strikers. Uh, before Servet was playing uh, 4-2-3-1 and now Servet is playing uh, every time this season 4-4-2. Um, and that's, that, that, that brings uh, um, uh, a Servet who is playing more quickly to go forwards and uh, and that's why sometimes uh, they are they can create even uh, when there are ten um, solutions uh, and and that was the the way uh, we can uh, so deep so so it against Genk. Uh, Servet uh, is uh, has a lot of resilience uh, because of the past uh, and, and and new uh, new tools uh, now with the new trainer to uh, 
to have uh, to have many things to do uh, uh, going forwards more quickly. Dan, Dan, can I just ask, when teams come to Ibrox, the fans here are famous for putting on a big show and you know putting on an intimidating atmosphere. How how do you think Servette will cope with that? Do they have any similar atmospheres that they will experience domestically in Switzerland? And can you tell us a bit about the atmosphere that the Servette fans will, will put on for Rangers when, when they go there next week? It will be hard because Servette got not the habit to play uh, 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 for for that crowd. I mean, uh, uh, it's a it's a big pressure on the on the shoulders of the of the players and of the trainer. But uh, uh, as I can say, uh, Servette has nothing to lose. Uh, of course, Servette is the underdog in the, in that kind of uh, of game, and uh, they have already touched uh, what they wanted to touch. I mean, uh, the qualification at least for the group phase from uh, from the Europa Europa League so um, they will play uh, free of charge uh, cool and uh, and everything is possible I guess I, I don't know it will be very hard I mean in terms of pressure because uh, because uh, Rangers are, are are very strong physically tactically also uh, so uh, Saveta can make uh, a response to that but uh, if, if they can if they can put Rangers in a in a kind of doubt uh, um, uh, when uh, when they play uh, well since the beginning of the of the of the game, there there will be maybe a possibility to uh, uh, to 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 have a chance uh, on the second legs. Is this will this be Servette's sixth game of the season? Is, is it fair to say that they are up and running? That they are you know they have they have played four or five games already this season and they are into their stride now. They played three games uh, in championships and uh, and two games again against Gang. So mm -hmm. uh, uh, they, they they have a little bit uh, uh, to uh, time to uh, to, uh, to to create uh, automatism between the the player and the new system of play uh, wanted by uh, by the coach. But uh, uh, they have to manage also with all the injuries, so, so it's difficult. You, you have said they are missing some players, Daniel, but. But which players will Rangers have to be aware of? Which players will cause Rangers the biggest problems, do you think? The biggest threat? Uh, if I will be the Rangers, okay, it's a secret. I, I, I give it to you. I will take <laughs> care. I, I will take care to uh, Timothy Konya. He's okay. playing he's playing a French, uh, French midfielder, yeah. A French midfield, and he's uh he's uh the guy who uh inspired the uh, the team. I mean uh he can uh, he can go forwards uh, uh, with the ball in the feet and uh, he can make the differences uh, between the lines. Uh, uh, he is really the playmaker of the of that team. So, Vet had uh, a player that we are familiar with um, here in Scotland last year, Moritz Bauer. Um, I believe he's left the club now. But do you know if the if the coach or MD at the club has spoken with, with Bauer to, to see if he has any advice about what it's like going to Ibrox, what it's like facing facing Rangers. I mean, Moritz Bauer. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was not a success. I mean, he came in Geneva, but uh, uh, he was uh, uh, way off the the quality uh, he has shown in the past. So uh, he he Sava tried to uh, to put him on the field uh, uh, sometimes, but it was also uh, always. Uh, uh, not successful uh, to be to be fair. Did you know if they've spoken with him to see for advice on going to Ibrox and handling the atmosphere? I think he he got a famous result with Celtic when when he was. Uh, there. I'm not sure they they, they spoke with uh, with him, uh, but uh, they have many uh, 
uh, other players uh, like uh, Kevin Mbabu, who is a uh, uh, who was uh, the, uh, a young player from the Academy of Servet, and he played uh, uh, many years ago, uh, six months, I guess, uh, uh, in uh, in Rangers. Uh, so I'm sure they they, they had uh, a little phone call with him. Uh, myself, I will I, I will um, call this afternoon uh, Cedric Eaton, who was playing two years uh, for Rangers, and uh, uh, he will say uh, he will give the the advices also uh, for for Servet. Would he know some of the Servet players? What would he know? Some of the Servette players. Is there a lot of players in the Servette team that he will have played with before for the national team or for or a club? Yeah, uh, during the championships, he knows the, the the players, of course. Yeah. Yeah, all of them. Daniel, so, if if, if Servette were to beat Rangers and qualify for the the playoff round, how big a result? Would that be for Servet in terms of their, their history? Would it be one of the one of their biggest it, ever results? It will be a, a earthquake for Servet, uh, like uh, something <laughs> like that. You know, you know when Servet beat Gank um, um, uh, uh, in the second legs. Uh, I mean, ten uh, ten against eleven. It was uh, such a performance that uh, the the day after. I mean, uh, the, the the club put the opened the the tickets. And uh, in less than uh, forty, uh, in, in less than forty-eight hours, all the tickets were uh, were taken by the fans, uh, and that's the first time that uh, it goes so quickly, and uh, that the stad will be uh, completely full in uh, such uh, uh, a short time. Uh, uh, that means that uh, it's not normal for Servet. I mean, uh, that that kind of uh, of success and of enthusiasm. Uh, around the club, uh, it shows that uh, um, uh, every something is is happened in Geneva, and they they want to build on that to develop the club. So Daniel, I suppose one of the in terms of a Rangers point of view, the biggest encounter with a Swiss team in in recent memory would be Zurich Grasshopper in 1996, and Grasshoppers uh, won a won at home 3-0. That was a big shot for Scotland. I'm just thinking. Can you tell us about how that result, how it you know it went through Swiss football? Was it a was it a, an earthquake as you say uh, back then? And has this game got potential to be of a similar shock for, for Swiss football? Yes, for sure. Because uh, especially for Servet, I mean, uh, Servet uh, had many many troubles during all the twenty ones uh, century um, uh, because uh, at the beginning of this century. Uh, on 2005, uh, Servet goes uh, to bankruptcy, and uh, they they started uh, three level uh, back from the from the first division, and they have they had to rebuild uh, the club uh, uh, years after years, uh, and it didn't go well because uh, uh, um, in uh, 2012 and then in 2015, uh, Servet was closed both of times uh, to uh, again a bankruptcy. And uh, since 2015, uh, there is a, a new owner from the club. Uh, it's, it is called Fondation uh, 1890. Uh, and this foundation is uh, an emanation from, uh, uh, from Rolex. Rolex put money in Servet to save the club from bankruptcy in 2015. And since that time, 
Servet tried to uh, to go better. I mean, financially uh, and with more uh, stability on uh, around the club. And uh, uh, four years after that, uh, uh, after that saving, uh, the club went back in the Super League. I mean, in the first division. And since since that time, they worked very well to reach two times Europa Cup, I mean, Conference League. And uh, last season, they uh, they finished second. So they uh, they earned the, the, the way to, uh, to, to play against Genk in uh, Q2 uh, Champions League. And uh, that's why if Servet can reach playoff and with the, the biggest dreams I can uh, imagine reach the, the, the group phase of uh, Champions League, it will be. I can't imagine that. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Timothy Cognac earlier. Uh, from I think he was signed from Leon, but he was only playing for the second team, and he was only maybe sixty thousand euros. And this summer they signed Bradley Mazuko. Mazuko is that correct? Three hundred and fifty thousand pounds. But when I was looking at the squad last week, they have not spent a lot of money on this squad. When you compare it to Rangers, Rangers is worth about forty million pounds. Have you looked at the comparison? Yeah, there's a world between uh, Servet and uh, and Rangers on on, on that uh, on that spot. I mean, uh, Servet, and even if I say that, it's the first time that Servet can buy some uh, some transfer for for a new player. I mean, like Maziku, like Gimeno coming from. Uh, uh, coming from uh, Saint-Gal, uh, a club from Switzerland. Uh, that's the first time since many, many, many years that Servet uh, uh, is uh, capable now to uh, to buy players. Uh, mm -hmm. Otherwise, they uh, they had to uh, to to find solution without any uh, transfer to, uh, uh, um, to pay. Yeah. And yeah. uh, it was free transfers, uh, so so it's it's a completely new for Servet, and it shows that Servet wants to uh, uh, to to come uh, to grow up. I mean, uh, and uh, that's uh, that's a, a good start. I mean, to uh, to qualify for at least the the European uh, uh, league phase group. Okay, so the players are very cheap, but the beer is very dear in Geneva, and Andrew is going out next week to cover the game for the daily record so can you meet him and find him cheap beer <laughs> for sure i swear it <laughs> this, this is the real reason we invited you on today because andrew needs somebody to show him around and get him some cheap beer i can show you uh, show him many places do I, do I need to take out a bank loan just uh, how much are we talking i'm sure all the listeners who are heading over to geneva want to know what what can what would you pay for a beer in, in, in Geneva? It's about uh, it's about uh, five euros the the big beer. Oh, that's just tremendous news! That's just tremendous news. We, 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 we will taste many different beers. Oh, I look forward to it. <laughs> Great, thank you, Daniel, very much for joining us and uh, for that insight into survey. Enjoy the game. Enjoy both games. Enjoy. Thank both you. Games. I hope my English was not too ugly. <laughs> perfect. perfect. Okay. Thank you. Thank Daniel. you very much. Thank you, Daniel. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. So, guys, that was a good insight into Servette. What do you think? I mean, let's reflect on the commandment game. First of all, shock result, not the start that Michael Beale wanted to go off to with so many new players. 
And as you said before, when we spoke ahead of the game, Scott, I mean, you were saying Celtic will probably win in the afternoon. Okay, they weren't so convincing, but, you know, almost saying defeat is unthinkable. We know it's only one game, but they're playing catch-up already. Looking ahead to this game tomorrow, I mean, how much... I mean, the pre- how much pressure is now on and listening to Daniel there, how much will Servet be trying to play into that? Well, there's big pressure on Michael Beale and the players already. Um, and if he didn't if he didn't know that a defeat at Command would bring that on, then that's that's a big worry for, for every Rangers fan because it it should have been should have been patently clear. Um I mean, you mentioned the Celtic result there and the performance. I mean, that that almost would have made it even more frustrating. The fact that you're right. I mean, Celtic didn't play well in one four two, but there was no. Was that the Celtic game? There was signs there that you know Brendan Rodgers obviously going to change the way they play. There might be an opportunity there for Rangers when it you know it comes down to these old firm games. But um, I mean, Rangers' performance at Rugby Park. Andy was there. I mean, it was just, it, it was dire. I mean, it, re- it really was. Um, and I think I've said to you, kind of off camera, I mean, for me, the biggest disappointment about that Rangers result and performance was just the predictability of it. Um, I think that's the most damning indictment um, because I think people on the outside, any doubters, any kind of critics, would have had a vision in their head of how that Kilmarnock game might go, you know, opening day, late kick-off, AstroTurf, new team. It was up to Michael Beale and the players to make sure that didn't happen, you know, to defy those kind of doubters and and really put on a performance, really lay a marker down. And the fact that they produced such an inept performance, you no know, energyless, um, as I say, so predictable, it's it's a real worry. And listen, Michael Beale, it concerned me slightly after the, the Hoffenheim friendly. That was that when no, I put it to Michael Beale after the game that although he was building a new team and of course there might be teething problems, a, a defeat at Rugby Park or dropping points was, was unthinkable. He had to go there and run. But his response was, well, leagues aren't lost on the first day. And of course he's right. But I just don't know if that that attitude and that mentality is what Rangers fans want to hear on the eve of a new season when excitement was building and anything less than than a title win uh, will will be acceptable. So that that worried me. His pre-match comments about his team worried me in terms of leaving Cantwell and Danilo out. This kind of idea he had that the game would open up the later it went on and he'd be able to introduce his, his better players I think most Rangers fans would rather have just played these better players and try to win the game in the first 20 minutes half an hour rather than have to wait an hour, 70 minutes and then it's desperation stage, he's trying to throw players on um, you know, we watched listen, Kelly make it difficult for you and I know Derek McInnes has improved his squad over the summer but I mean, Celtic and Postecoglou, Celtic went to Rugby Park last season. I think they were 4-0 up after about 16 minutes. I mean, you just need to go for the jugular in games like that and try and win it early. Rangers did the opposite. They were defensive, cautious, sat back, no, passed Kelly to death without making their keeper um, produce a save. 
it really was everything that your worst fears might be. And as I say, to me, that was the biggest disappointment. The predictability of how that game went and what Rangers' performance was like is a major worry because there is guys there, including Beal, who knew exactly what the game was going to be like. They have been there in that movie for five, six years now and yet still couldn't do anything about it. And I think that's a that's a major concern going forward, first day of the season or not. That's the thing, Andy. There's always an over... There's always a, a, a huge reaction, an, an overreaction when, when it's, you know, you, you're dealing with the old firm and, and, and these results. But, I mean, if the unthinkable did happen against Survey, and, and, and I see people saying, well, if, if, if Michael Beale lost to Survey, it went out and lost the first Old Firm game of the season and they're six points behind in the league, there's pressure on. I mean, is that ridiculous given how long he's been in the job or is that reality? It's simply the reality of life at the Old Firm. I mean, Gio Van Bronckhorst took Rangers to a European final and won a Scottish Cup and within four months was out the door. So um, that's simply what happens <laughs> at the Old Firm when you don't win games. Um you know, I agree with Scott. I mean, he, he spoke earlier on about uh, Gav about it being a, a shock result, but I agree with Scott. It was predictable on the basis that not so much the result, but certainly the performance was predictable because there was no sign at any point in pre-season that this team is near clicking. Um, at no point during pre-season did you see patterns of play, signs of flaudy, signs of the players being on the same wavelength and... Again, you can understand that as much as Michael Beals did well to get a lot of the players in the door early, the, the, the main focus at this pre-season is about getting new attacking force in. And you think about Dessers and then obviously Danilo coming in fairly late on in pre-season. It's hard to think that they, those guys are going to be able to sort of get in tune with the rest of their new teammates very quickly. Um, but just, I mean, I tend to agree with Scott. I mean, I think there are worrying signs. I mean, the Cantwell thing... You know, I just thought it was odd as well in the sense that it sounded to me like Michael Beale was saying, we're going to go here and react to what Kamarnock are going to do. It's going to be a tough scrap. It's going to be a battle. We need guys that are going to be up for that. And that, that's I don't think that's what Rangers fans want to hear from the manager. I think, you know, Scott spoke about Celtic. Celtic take the game away from teams like Kilmarnock by just taking the ball away from them and what Rangers did was we were going to go meet Kilmarnock at their game and I'm not sure that that's what Rangers fans want to see from their side so yeah I think I agree I mean you're right it's only one game in and you know listen if you know if he gets through survey if they go and you know get a result against Celtic the first day and it's all back to even Stephen then you know this game is quickly forgotten about but what it does is it removes the wiggle room that Michael Beale's got very early on and you know, these are tough scenarios, and especially when the team's not playing well. It'd be different, you know, if they lose the first game, but they've battered Kamarnock and they've created 30, 40 chances, and you can say, well, listen, it's just a bad day at the office. Or, but it's the fact that the performance was so off, that so many individuals look so off. And, yeah, of course, there's plenty of time for them to come back round. But as I say, you know, uh, you know, given the outlay that they've put in this season, I think... Most fans would be expecting to see at least signs that the team was heading in the, in the right direction, but there was very little of that, and I think that's where the concern for the, the supporters will be. Andy's right, Gav, in terms of the, the style, because 
I mean, Ange Postecoglou two years ago had a very similar situation that Michael Beale's in now, trying to rebuild a team, making 9, 10, 11 signings. You could argue Michael Beale actually no, is better off than Ange because Beale has been here since since November. So, But Ange had a similar situation. He comes in, Celtic have got a completely different team, go to Tynecastle the first day of the season, which is a difficult game, and lose, and... No, Celtic fans were worried. No, people on the outside thinking Ange is a dud. No, it's going to take time to rebuild this this team. But I'll tell you what, that game at Tynecastle, even though Celtic lost, yeah, you could see yeah. how Celtic were going to play. You could see clear signs yeah. of their shape, their system, their style. No link up. Of course, there was faults in the team, and of course, players had to jail. But you saw signs. I've not really seen any of that in, in pre-season for this this new look Rangers team, and it certainly wasn't uh, certainly wasn't evident at the at the weekend. And even as I say, being at the Celtic game on Saturday, and of course, Brendan Rodgers a huge advantage in terms of he's got a team that, that won a treble last season, and he's gone in and he's tinkered with it slightly. But again, Rodgers has completely changed the the way they play compared to post glue and it was clear. No, even for for you no know, guys like us in the, the press box, young coaches or, or whatever, clear watching that very first league game on Saturday from Celtic, how Rogers is going to cha- how Rogers has changed the style, how it's going to look going forward. You saw individual players, Kyogo being the prime example on how Rogers is is now tailoring his game to play in a completely different way to what he did under Ange. So you, you see things clearly, as Andy touched on there. We've we've yet to see it uh, under Bill over pre-season and then in the the first game. I think that goes back to last season because even spells last season where as much as they were winning games, but a lot of the times it was a grind. In, the, in yeah. terms of patterns of play, in terms of a style, you, you're struggling to see where this team's going, and especially because you know he's, he's changed system, he's changed players. Obviously, in this season it's even harder to get a grasp on it because you're looking, you're going. There's no real width in the team, so they're not going to play the same sort of style that they did, you know, say if, even under Gerard when Mick Beale was, you know, a, a, such a huge contributing factor to the way that the team played at, at that time. You know, it looks like it's as much as they played at times where they sort of those narrow number 10s. This doesn't seem, this seems like a departure from that, the way that they're setting up at the moment. It doesn't seem yeah. like it's just copying. Or he's going with a tried and trusted game plan that that worked for him last time. It seems like they, he's moved away from that. This sort of narrow, whether it's a box or a diamond midfield. I mean, you know, with Sakala going, with Scott Wright potentially going, you know, you know, Ryan Kent's gone. There's no real players that give you that width left in the squad anymore. So it's now relying on either two 31 year old fullbacks who. You know, I think with the best one in the world, you say that they have probably already peaked in terms of the Rangers' career. And you know, Borna Barisic really hasn't played with any consistently high level for two years now. James Tavernier, I just think it's unrealistic to think that he's going to continue posting the kind of numbers he, he has done. You know, it's just you know, every player reaches their, their peak and then there has to be a decline at some point. And at thirty-one, you know, listen, if he proves us, proves me wrong, I'll be the first to admit it. But I don't think Tavernier is played with the same, you know, consistency that it has done previously. So again, you're just looking going, you know, this these are these are who Rangers are relying on for their width. 
and as I say, the style over the last six months is to you know basically try and go through the middle a lot more. And again, there's just it just seems to be a lot of grind that they seem to you know they scrap their way to victories, really putting on a you know putting on a show, and then and then you think last season what really hurt them was the fact that the times where they did create chances, a lot of the times they didn't take them. They didn't even create that many chances. I think that would be the real concern. You think about the game at the weekend, how many guilt-edged chances did they create? How many times did they test uh, Will Dennis and goals? I mean, I can think of a Dessers strike in the first half. You know, Kieran Dowell has, comes close with a couple of chances early in the second half. But apart from that, there was nothing that would really overly worry come on. And I think that's got to be the, the big the big thing that concerns Michael Beale is that you've got to come on at the only day of the season and you don't really test the goalkeeper. I mean, that's, that, that's what... I think will worry him the most. That's what I was going to say. If you're going to play narrow, no, and you're going to play that way, as you've just described, you're then relying on guys to be you no know, creative, you no know, to real guile about them in and around the box, you no know, intricate passes to unlock defences. So you're relying on guys like Dowell and Lammers and even Raskin and people, people like that. So that's to unlock like, tight defences and teams that sit in. Well, Saturday was a, a perfect example of that. And as you say, none of them could do it. Now, I know it's the first game, and of course, they're still getting to know each other. But to go to Rugby Park, as you say, opening day, when there's so much expectation, so much hype, and to just that kind of performance, where, as you say, you don't even, no, you don't even force their keeper into, into one meaningful save. Um it's it's just no good enough. And and by the way, they're going to face a similar, even though it's at Ibrooks on Saturday, if we skip the Servette game, mm-hmm. Livingston going to Ibrooks on Saturday, we'll pack that defence and sit in, we know exactly how they're going to play. And again, as you've described, Andy, there'll be no Woods to the team, there'll be no Kent, there'll be no Sakala, guys that would have normally played against Livingston. So you'll rely on playing through them, as I say, intricate passes, one-twos on the edge of the box, getting shots off, all the things they didn't do against Kilmarnock. So time will tell whether they can put that right. But of course, they've got Wednesday to, to navigate first. Yeah. Great. Okay, guys. Well, listen, thanks a lot for your time. We'll check out the game Wednesday night and Saturday and see if there's any clearer uh, view of this plan and identity that might come together or whether we'll be going over the same old ground <laughs> next week. <laughs> thanks Cheers, a lot. Cheers, Cheers. Cheers. Bye.